Hello and welcome to a very exciting new episode of Behind the Scenes of Happiness, Motivation for Motivators. I'm your host, Crystal Spiesens, and today I'm joined by the very wonderful Sam Moine. Sam, did I pronounce your surname right? You actually nailed it, mate. And that's a, one of the first times everyone's done that, because it's always funny how people say the name. Well, that's preparation for you. I scanned about, I scanned through about five vid- YouTube videos of yours, um, hoping you would introduce yourself. And there is one in which you do. So um, that's, the, that's the secret. But thank you very much for coming on the show. I'm really grateful. I know we had a little behind the scenes chat before we came on. Like I said to you, my mom used to be a primary school teacher for 30 years. I've been in learning and development for 15 years. We matter, we make a difference to people's lives and what you do, Sam, um, from what I can see on your social channels is amazing. And I wanted to bring you on because I would like you to have an additional platform for you to share your message with the world. And also, I feel it is not going to just inspire teenagers or the younger audience, but also fellow motivators because i do know from doing my research on you and spying on you that you as with anyone who builds their business it's not always been a walk in the park so where are we going to start (laughs) how about you briefly introduce um student breakthrough okay so student breakthrough we aim to revolutionize emotional support for young people Mm to create lasting change for future generations. And we do that through revolutionary coaching methods, make students ultimately and young people successful, happy and confident. In a nutshell, I guess it's amazing emotional support for 2020, for the present day and what mm-hmm. students really need. What inspired yeah. you to, to, to start Student Breakthrough, Sam? Well, myself in my early 20s, I was pretty unhappy. I failed my dream of becoming a soldier, and that was my lifelong ambition. My dad was a Marine, and he fought in the Falklands. And if you're a guy and you're listening to this, mm. I genuinely every guy looks up to their dad to some capacity. Now, if your dad's a soldier, a tough guy, that's what you want to do. And unfortunately, my dream of joining the Army fell short. I failed the medical exam after I passed some initial tests. I've got Crohn's disease. I'm very lucky it's not that serious. And I'm also lucky that that Crohn's disease was a blessing (laughs) in so many ways. It's funny how life works out. Um, Long story short, I failed the medical exam for the army. I was devastated as a young man, broken. And as my dream was taken off me, I fell into teaching. A bit like you mentioned, your mum was a primary teacher. My mum was a primary school teacher. And I literally, I didn't want to be a teacher at all. I, it gave me security as a profession. I'd have a teaching qualification. And that being said, I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy education because I felt like a failure and a victim. Why have I got Crohn's? Why did this happen to me? Why is life treating me this way? All this kind of inner stuff. And I wasn't very nice to myself in my early twenties and it led to me becoming really anxious about my future. Sometimes I'd have to like turn away from the class. And I remember this distinctly on a number of occasions, like when I was teaching a whole class of 30 kids, 
turning away and just welling up because I just wasn't sleeping. I felt broken and I didn't want to be there. You know, I was, I was in a low point in my life and I met someone who changed my life and this was a coach and I just learned three things in that first coaching session. And I remember the day, Christoph, it was 23rd of April, 2015. And the day is just ingrained in my brain because it was the first time really I'd opened up to someone as a guy and expressed and not suppressed what was going on for me. And I learned that the failure of the army was a blessing. And the big amazing moment I learned was this kind of support needs to be in education. But I learned that later on. So just, just to fast forward, I then went back to school. I fell in love with a job. Like after this coaching conversation, the whole world was technicolored. I usually use that word, like the weight was lifted off my shoulders. Mm. I just gave everything, all, all of myself to these kids when I was teaching history, best subjects in the world, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just ignited my passion, but I saw students and teachers who were anxious, not motivated, long confidence. And that was really the spark for student breakthrough is the support right now isn't working. Nothing, no one's doing anything about it. Why not? And then I explored coaching and the impact that coaching has had on students. Um, and that's really the inspiration for the whole thing was always seeing those students in my form group who were low, who were down, and there was no support for them. If there was support, it was counseling, very negative. And students don't, not many students need counseling. They need mm -hmm. just a guide, a boost, someone to talk to. They don't need to dig up all the past pain that's not past pain. And that's really the whole motivation for it. And it's always been that motivation, which is to help and serve young people. Excellent. Well, that was a very concise and yet comprehensive explanation at the same time of how and why you started Student Breakthrough, um, which has its origins in your own experiences of shame and failure or perceived shame and failure, because ultimately, what is failure? It's, it's, it's personal, isn't it? It's, um, it's, it's subjective. And um, I, listening to you, Sam, I wish I had someone like yourself around when I was, um, when I was much younger and in school because it would have made life easier. And for many reasons, although my mom was a teacher and of course she was available to me in, on other levels, so to speak, I do think that students carry many personal issues that they, it requires a special person to, to confide in, to kind of bring it out. And uh, if you can provide that platform for students, that's incredibly useful. So thank you for doing that. I've watched what you call your biggest talk to date uh, <laughs> on also which is available on youtube it is called why failure is a blessing and yeah. it was a recent big stage gig um, yeah. in that presentation you use and i'm bringing it up because i love the symbolism kintsugi and kintsukuroi about a beautiful piece of it could be a bowl it could be it could be any artifact for that matter that's kind of fall on the floor it's smashed in a thousand pieces and then a japanese takumi craftsman will repair it usually with gold therefore making that piece 
a thousand times more beautiful than it originally was. Why did you decide to incorporate that into your keynotes? I've used that now for a number of years with 11-year-old children mm. all the way to adults, to teachers. It's a great question. What exactly? Because as I was watching, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, my friend, I was thinking, yeah. what, is the, what exactly is the goal here that Sam is referring to? It's to say, really, that everyone needs to embrace their failure. I, I was going to say then that failure is beauty, mm. which is that an oxymoron? Or I'm not really sure what it is. But anyway, it, it's, it's to make people appreciate that they shouldn't be afraid of their, their scars. Or by these, I mean, maybe emotional scars or setbacks in their life. I also use it with kids that, and parents, like great for parents that just like, the bowl, the bowl shouldn't be kept in a cupboard and not being exposed or shown off or out in the open to the world. And it's about showing people to take a risk as well. Mm. You know, take a risk. Because when, when we take a risk and when we fail, we learn, we grow, we become the best version of ourselves. And the bowl for me just symbolizes that in so many ways that we've all got this. We're all kind of mended and repaired because we have to. And hopefully we have the right support for that. And we. Mm we generally find our way through and find our own path. But I've had parents stand up before and been like, oh my God, I've been protecting my son or daughter from failure. You know, if it's calling up the school to get detention point taken off, if it's not letting them leave the house, if, you know, if you don't let students fail, then they're not going to grow up to be resilient adults. And it's a massive problem in the workforce as well. So the, the bowl I love is just, that's, I love all that philosophy. I've been doing some more reading into Japanese philosophy, which I know you're, oh. you're interested well and do, yeah, do you sometimes come across and it's i know it's a little bit of a devil's advocate question here but i'm asking it um, with specific purpose do you sometimes come across objections from students or, or anyone for, for that matter who say failure mm, i see where you're coming from but still best not talk about it too much or is everybody very open to your message i've never had that everyone is generally open to my message mm -hmm. It depends what you define failure as, I guess. Mm. I'm very, very fortunate. I haven't had anyone, I haven't had a monumental, you know, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be on the streets, right? I'm never gonna experience what it's like to be hungry or to be desperately poor. Mm. Like, I'm very lucky. I think if you're a white middle-class person, you're on a laptop, you're in like the top 0.2% of the world or something like that. But failure, what I've learned is all relative and pain is relative. I did a talk to for a knife crime charity in milk Keynes, where i'm from it'll, it'll come back around just bear with and uh it was a crowd i don't usually do a talk to we had like some big guys some old people have been in prison i chatted to a guy with who didn't have an eye he had a slash wound down his face he showed me his gunshot wounds there's police in his building because it's all for it's, it's for a knife crime charity but obviously they're worried about um anything kicking off i guess hmm. Turn up and they want me to do a 10 minute motivational talk. <laughs> the room's like, there's like 50 people in the room. Generally, the crowd I would not speak to. And I got really bad imposter syndrome before that talk. And the question I was running in my head was why will they care about me? Why would they care about the, the boy who, who had Crohn's and couldn't be a soldier? And I was freaking out. I, I went on stage and 
I did it, it was 10 minutes. I kind of talked about my story and I came off and I literally just hid in a ball in the corner at the side. I just wanted the, the ground to swallow me up. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just cry because I was like, that was awful. What, these guys have been in prison. They've, they've like, you know, had stab wounds and I'm talking about them. But afterwards, those same people at the end came up to me and said, wow, thank you so much for sharing. That was a great talk, really insightful. Excellent. And what I learned that day was, even though I haven't been stabbed <laughs> and I don't want to be stabbed, I haven't been in prison, everyone's pain and failure is relative to them. And that shouldn't stop us from, from sharing our experiences and being vulnerable and being open. And that's as well, Christoph, really why it all symbolizes that. It's like, it's okay to be vulnerable and share what's going on for you and also share your setbacks. Yeah. And that's cool. That's how we, like I say, learn, grow, become the best version of ourselves, but also connect. Mm. The amount of times I've done a talk, and you might have done a talk, like I'm sure you have as well, when you've shared your story and someone said, oh, I've, I've been through that or I've experienced that setback. And it's like, it's just connection, you know, everyone kind of ruling it. No one's ever perfect. And the bowl just shows, even if you're smashed into a thousand pieces, you can come back stronger and more beautiful. So key message is step up, step out, share your message. Never underestimate the, the potential of your message and your energy. 100%. Mm. Mm. Sam, you mentioned imposter syndrome. I'm curious if you are happy to share some, and you can do it at a kind of top level um, if you wish, other topics that you come across when you work with students what's holding them back what's what's um what's keeping them awake at night (laughs) that's a fantastic question i think for me the number one thing i see lots of is i'm going to say students who label themselves and this label can be i'm anxious i'm not confident i don't have any i'm not socially i'm socially awkward I can't do exams. Anyway, I procrastinate. I find so many students who have this identity crisis in some ways, and they they label themselves with, I'm an anxious person. Let's say, and anxiety is a big one for me. Anxiety usually, obviously, being about the future that hasn't happened yet. Depression is usually about the past, obviously. But for students, it's generally anxiety around school friends social media things like that and the big one they just don't feel good enough <laughs> which i would argue most people have that going through their life you know um, i had that for a while in my life but i had no one until i found that coaching conversation that was my big thing so it's students who and what i love exploring with them is just this really simple question who would you be if you removed that label and it's really simple but we just kind of explore what life would look like if they didn't identify themselves with anxiety, not confident, not motivated. And we get to tap into that imagination. So it's just a nice starting point, but definitely labeling is my number okay. one thing and challenging that. Label. Yeah. And listening to you, listing those topics that you come across, they are no different in the adult world from, mm. from what I understand. So if you can help younger people, identify and then work through their issues you're literally creating a happier next generation which is wonderful 
And that's what really what we're in the business of doing. Mm. And that's also why I run parent events as well, because I can do so much great work with a student. But if the parents have got their own, you know, limiting, not, I don't want to say limiting beliefs, but stuff that holds mm-hmm. them back, their language might be wrong, you know, and they're not being that inspiration they need to be. Then ultimately the coaching just falls down because it all starts at home, 100%. You can mm. have the best coach, teacher, mentor, guide. If unfortunately we can't choose our parents, I was very lucky with mine, but that's why, and that's why the parent events are so important to give parents the awareness about how they show up. And you can have the best parents, but they may not be the coach you need them to be sometimes because especially when your parents are perhaps much older and from a generation where opening up and talking anything emotional was just a complete no go. So if you can help them help their kids, I think that is a double whammy. Yeah, I love that. Help them help their kids. Well, uh, I see parenting is three stages, really. When your child's between the age of zero and 11, I see parents ruling almost like on a throne, king and queen. And Christoph, what I'm going to say you have to do, and generally speaking, that happens. Like mm-hmm. You need that kind of authority and discipline, I guess, and routine. And then I see between 11 and 15, it changes to a mentor, your role. So you've still got some power, but you're kind of guiding them along a little bit. And then 15, 14, 15 plus, I see parents' role really as a coach, questioning, asking, empowering their kids to go out and do something for themselves. The problem I see lots of is parents clinging onto the king and queen when their kids are like 16 and they're not letting them experience the world for themselves they're wrapping them in in bubble wrap and protecting them from every single failure like the bowl mm-hmm. we were talking about mm-hmm. that leads to problems that you like if they go to university they've got a fend for themselves they go and get a job you have to release power sometimes and i think too many parents are clinging on to the past and trying to be a king and queen where you need to let go excellent at some point mm-hmm. absolutely and that's very helpful um again for, for both parties parents and the kids i would like to if you're okay with this come back to your satori moment so to speak your your moment of awakening where you decided to ask for help get yourself a coach and that's really that was the tipping point and i was wondering if you can share with our listeners and people who are watching this podcast online what exactly shifted for you in that relationship what got you out of your state of you know being anxious or feeling anxious and then moving upwards i really think it was so simple and it's what i i teach people now mm-hmm. i just had someone who's impartial it was just a phone conversation by the way it wasn't even on zoom or face to face i had someone who's impartial who didn't really know me who was just listening with their heart with empathy and asking me some really powerful questions. He asked me, he led me through one thing, which I really loved. He said, close your eyes and imagine you're a father and you've got a seven-year-old son. And the son runs up to you one day, grabs you by the leg and you look down at him and he looks up at you. And in that moment, what's the one thing you want for that child? And I said, to be happy. And that was one of the awareness and that some of the awareness I gained was that 
even though I'm not a soldier, my dad still loves me. Even though I'm not in the military, he's still proud of me. And I learned that really that it wasn't for me. It was all my dad's kind of belief and family tradition that I was doing that for. And it was just a massive weight lifted off my shoulders. But really, it was just expressing, like I said, what was going on. And oh. I think so many people don't do that. And yeah. it leads to the problems that we have today. But it's, you know, it was, I, I remember the day I told 23rd of April, 2015, like mm-hmm. it was a massively transformational day, mainly because I was a young man. I talked about my emotions for the first time yeah. and having the space to do that was, you know, magical because I wouldn't be here without it. I don't know where I'd be. So express, don't suppress is one of your yeah. key sayings across some of your videos. I've noticed. I love that. We, well, I hope we all know by now that keeping things inside is, is not healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's, um, it's damaging. It, it literally damages our minds and our bodies. So there is safety in opening up. And then you decided to take that into schools, right? You, um, you wanted to leverage your own experience working with your coach. So after that experience, I went back to school. Like I said, I, don't, I describe it in some of my talks. Like I saw students who were carrying around backpacks. But it wasn't backpacks of books. It was backpacks of anxiety, low confidence, low motivation. And again, imagine trying to walk around right, or try and teach a lesson or go to work with a backpack full of bricks or rocks eventually it's going to weigh you down and tire you out and eventually you have to talk well you don't have to but when you, if you when you start talking and sharing it's literally imagine you get, you get in your backpack and you're taking bricks out you're taking this emotional weight off your shoulders and i remember one girl so i was teaching my history lesson and i just started my coach training and i got a knock on my uh, classroom door and this girl was little girl was stood in front of me she was 13 And I said, hi, how are you? And in an Australian accent, I'm not going to do the accent. She said, uh, yeah, I'm really well, thanks. And she's girl had flown 14,000 miles from Melbourne, Australia to a tiny, well, it's not a tiny school, but a tiny village or town, sorry, Northamptonshire in, in England. And she was in my form group. And she looked quite, quite cool. And uh, she had something about it. She had a leather jacket on this day. And it was like, I thought she was going to be fine over the next coming weeks. She was in my form class and I just saw tears just going down her face. And I went over to her desk, knelt down beside her and said, what's going on for you? And she said, nothing, nothing. And I said, what's really going on for you? And she said, I just miss my friends. I miss my school. I miss Australia. I miss this country. And then I had this insight and I was like, Ella, is it okay if I practice coach you? To help you feel more happy and confident. I spoke to the mum. Mum was on board. And over 10 sessions, we took her through the very early stage of my program. This was in probably, uh, might have been 2018, early 2018, 2017 maybe. Um, and I remember the what first thing she did, again, at Student Breakthrough, we basically make, we build leadership in kids. And I don't mean leadership as in giving a pump-up talk to thousands. I mean taking ownership and responsibility for their life. And I remember one thing she did, she was 14 and she emailed all of her teachers 
expressing, right, and not suppressing what she was going through. She said, look, I'm really struggling. I don't know any of the work. I'm really behind. Can you help me? When she did that, she got a laptop to help her catch up faster. She was in an extra support club. Um, she had some more mentors around her. She did stuff like she went to the local boxing gym to let out that frustration. Her diet improved. Man, I was just like blown mm. away. With and I just kind of facilitated that. I didn't, I didn't tell her to do anything. But asking students, again, this is like some parents that micromanage to the nth degree. Like you need to question and let them find stuff out for themselves. And she did it all herself. And that was the great thing about this whole process was I literally was asking powerful questions, being there with her with empathy in my heart, listening to her, mm-hmm. holding her accountable. But um, that was a real turning point for the whole business and my ambition to take this to more students and more people. Excellent. Thank you for sharing, Sam, and some great examples of direct concrete benefits um, that you facilitated for that girl. So no doubt inspired on the back of your own experience or inspired by your own experience of what good coaching really can do for people. Because um, once you've experienced it, you want other people to experience it too, right? And at, at least that's, that's, how I, um, that's how I operate. It's like, if I can get through this, then there's no reason why you couldn't get through it either, you know? Um, because experience is a very powerful motivator. So I have two more questions I'd like to ask. I can see you thinking there about what I just said. Experience is a powerful motivator. Did something, did something strike you there? <laughs> I just love that quote. Experience I'll, um, is the I'll, to copy. I'll, I'll trademark it, yeah, before you run with it. Um, no, but it's true. It's, it's literally, I can read about South Africa and try to convince you to go there because it sounds beautiful, or I can go to South Africa, immerse myself in it, be knocked sideways by its beauty, and then I'll talk to you about it, and you'll be buying a ticket before you know because you are, you know, captured mesmerized by my passion for it and i think that's what's so powerful in coaching when you bring that energy to a session people know whether you're genuine about something or not people just feel it so and i think that's why why coaching can be so effective now before we wrap up our conversation i have two questions and the first one is if you're okay to share bearing in mind that the tagline of this podcast is motivation for motivators and behind the scenes of happiness what do you do on a not so smashing bonanza great wonderful day how do you pick yourself up that's a great question i think for me i keep saying great question they are great questions um thank you the low day how do i pick myself back i think the biggest the biggest thing for me is the higher purpose and some days where I, I want to quit and I do sometimes I'm in a coffee shop. And I'm like, why, why do I do this to myself? Why can't I go and get a, <laughs> a job? I'm just making Americanos or like flat whites to people. Right. Because yeah, life would be easier. But then I look at, I remind myself of my vision and the great work we've done. And I'm like, then I say to myself, you're not going to quit because you've got this high purpose, this vision of changing and revolutionizing emotional support. And then my inner talk is, well, you're not going to quit 
So what's the point in beating yourself up in this way? Mm. I hundred percent, you have to have something bigger than you, like a mission. Like this is going to take my whole life. I'm all good with that. That's all cool. I'm not going to stop. But I, it's, it's having that high, high vision that is bigger than you. And I say bigger than you, that you're going to contribute to someone else mm. and the world around you. So I think when I'm feeling low, I get reminded that there's so many times where I'll go into a coaching session and I won't be feeling 100% myself, like I can really serve this person. But as soon as I get onto the call with that young person or I'm with them face to face or I'm running an event, my mindset just shifts and I just get so energized by contributing to others. So another great thing when I'm feeling low and I'll have a coaching session with someone, with a student, and that'll just like, I had it today. I, had a, I was up at 6 a.m. for networking. I had a session with a uni student who's 21. And just the session itself just energized me and I was able to lift myself back up. Almost like, when it kicks, uh, what's it? Like, it's like push starting a car, I guess, that's kind of yeah. been, uh, been, been broken. Um, another thing is I breathe a lot, which is kind of obvious, but taking meaningful breaths. I'm big into mindfulness. And I exercise all the time. And that's, I think, a great recipe for, for bouncing back when you're not feeling great. So remembering your higher purpose, practicing mindfulness, yep. and exercising, working out. And contributing to others. That's the biggest yeah. one. I think if you're feeling low, although it can be, it can be an effort to do that, Go and serve another human being or another organism, like or, or a, a dog. Go and walk your dog. Go and just away, and you'll feel better. And I think really that's why I've got so much energy all the time because I'm constantly contributing, mm. <laughs> and I'm constantly working with people. Uh, it's it's a very rewarding and nourishing thing to do. I think that's how it feels to me, providing you're not doing it. I'm not talking about you, but one is not doing it for the need to be needed and you genuinely do it because you want to help, then I think it's a very help. It's, a, it's, a, it's great for your own well-being and it just it's like a dynamo. You keep charging yourself as you do the work. So, nice. Well, I love that. I love the dynamite. <laughs> I'm glad you do. Um, in closing, <laughs> something that really struck me earlier is when you mentioned leadership. Now, yeah. I want to optimize the potential of this podcast because obviously many people will be watching this, listening to this recording um, a long time after we've actually made the recording. What are some questions... Because when you say leadership, I think the first thing I think of is self-leadership. You say coaching, I'm thinking, can I coach myself? So my question is, what can people do, young and old, when they finish listening to this podcast in terms of self-coaching, when a coach is not always available? Mm. Are there certain questions we should ask ourselves? Are there certain tools that you have ready that you can share? Yeah, the questions, I've got some powerful questions that I usually use, which I love stuff waking up each morning. I've got a little routine, but one of them is definitely starting the day with a powerful question. 
I love the one I'm using at the moment is how can I grow today, which I really like. I use like what opportunities are there today? What fun can I have today? Mm. Um, you're always asking questions all the time as human beings. Usually they're negative, but if you can ask a powerful question, your brain loves trying to prove that right. And if you can be reminded of that, it's a great thing to help you move forward. Uh, powerful questions are fantastic. I love gratefulness. I've done gratefulness for about, I don't know, maybe 10 years now from writing it down. I don't write it down anymore. I used to do that morning and night. That was my routine. Now I just breathe in the morning, put my hand on my heart and just like uh, I read this in Tim Ferriss many years ago, but it's, it's someone you're grateful for in your life. Um, something small, like literally like, like the water or the ink in your pen or, mm-hmm. and then something general. But I said to kids and students in my events, like I think I generally feel gratitude is like the easiest, simplest way to boost your self-esteem, to appreciate your life. Because again, I don't know what it's like to be destitute, poor, you know, have a massive disability. But like being grateful just ignites that in you that you are alive and you're breathing and you are achieving and you are moving forward. So yeah, just empowering questions. Okay. Start the day with and some gratitude, and you can't you can't go too wrong with that. I think some people go too far. Like you got to have your smoothie, your your, your deep breathing exercises, your your tai chi, gen journal, and I think just focus on gratitude and empowering question. Just keep it simple. <laughs> Excellent. And just to give people the, the the template for asking themselves powerful questions for you, what constitutes a well-formulated question obviously the words like what yeah so it could be what am i grateful for how can i so it's important obviously you take ownership for that right so you have your i of like affirmations if we're going to do that which i don't think are as powerful but it's i am blah blah, mm-hmm. blah 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 i am confident and grateful but if you can get that word i in there then again you're taking ownership for the question it's not it's not random it's linked to you and I think if you can make it more specific to you, then you've got a better chance of a well thought out question. Great. So include I for ownership and then words such as what, how, when, yeah. where. So open-ended oh, questions. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. What and how. Yeah. Very helpful indeed, Sam. Any final words from you in closing? Anything that you want to share? Um, I'm thinking, where can people find you? Do you have any upcoming events? Yeah, if you are listening to this and you've enjoyed what I've had to say, then I really appreciate it, number one. But if you give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram, which is at Student Breakthrough, our website is www.student breakthrough.com i'm going to leave you with a quote one of my favorite quotes one of my clients spoke to me about um and i used again this in my talk but it says never let success get to your head and never let failure get to your heart and i really love that quote it basically says stay humble and keep moving forward and always learn and i think that's a great message to take with us a great message indeed to end the podcast with to the listeners to people watching i would highly recommend you watch sam's keynote why failure is a blessing it's available on his youtube channel and for now sam i want to say thank you very much indeed for 
coming on the podcast, for sharing your wisdom, for being the energetic person that you are. You're very inspirational. I wish you tons of success with Student Breakthrough. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost guaranteed, but I, th I think it's very admirable what you're doing and, and I wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you. It's been awesome to be on here. Cheers. Excellent. Thank you very much for listening today. For more inspirational podcasts and guided meditations, please visit christophspeasons.com. You will also find all the links to my various social media channels and it would be great to connect with you on there too. That's it for now. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Bye for now.